1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
2: Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now.
0: TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your hosts Paige demakos Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians.
1: Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demacos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. We are just getting done watching Monday Night Football. We're just getting done watching the... Not so money badger, man. Oh man. Uh, Bagley. I don't think you get the opportunity to call yourself the money badger any longer. Don't really think you ever earned the right to call yourself the money badger to begin with. Uh, but as I tweeted earlier, there's only one badger in the NFL, his name's Tyron Matthew, and that's the honey badger. So let's just leave it at that. I don't think we need any money badgers. And I think we should probably focus on making extra points or field goals to win this game because my instant reaction to this game is, Uh, Justin Herbert can ball. It has proven it now multiple weeks in a row going toe-to-toe with the best of the best in the NFL on primetime, on the road. Doesn't matter if he can do it it, with or without his top-tier talent. Keenan Allen goes down early on in this game, which is a big uh, fantasy headline. Mike Williams makes an unbelievable catch in this game. Um, But mostly this Chargers team is really, really down as far as how many injuries they sustained. And they should have beat the Saints team. That's what I take away from this. It's like the Saints to me are not scary. They were at home. They barely beat a broken down Chargers team with a rookie quarterback who, although he's a rookie, we have to give him credit because he has played very well thus far. So uh, that's what I saw. Jake, what did you take away? Instant reaction, Monday Night Football.
0: Instant reaction, trademark revoked. The Trademark Association (laughs) of the United States ought to take Money Badger back. Uh, They had him beat, did everything you needed to do. Uh, Even in overtime, hold him to three was huge. Herbert played phenomenal other than the last throw. You throw it short of the sticks, Mike Williams has to go get it, and he has to come up and catch it high behind his head, allowed them to stop him a half yard short. Other than that, they were phenomenal. Should have never got to overtime. They drafted really well. Herbert's a stud, and Kent Murray is a freaking – beast. I, he looks so much bigger in an NFL uniform than he did in Oklahoma uniform. He just looks yoked and he flies all over the place, made a bunch of plays. Uh, they got nothing left. I don't know how we were this high on this Chargers team. They got Everybody's got injuries at this point and they got a bunch. But It only looked like the same roster that went out there in the preseason we we're expecting to come out in week one. Like it is just, I don't know, it's bad. Saints don't scare anybody about anything. I mean, this game was... Far from impressive is really my instant takeaway was that's about it. The other thing, Mike Williams, we forget how good Mike Williams is. Yeah. He's never healthy. Go back to him Come out of Clemson. He was a freak. I think he was a seventh overall pick, whatever it was. The ability is every time he's healthy, he comes out for two weeks, he balls, and then he goes back on injury report for a month, and then he shows up. You forget how damn talented he is. When Keenan Allen's out there, Hunter Henry's out there, Mike Williams is out there, and Eckler's out there, And that offensive line is not completely shot to hell. I want to see that Herbert because this kid's making stuff happen with a bunch of
1: nobodies. That's the that's the that's uh, the ticket right there, Jake. Because I think you look at this and you go look at how many points he's putting up. Look at what he's doing right now with the decimated defense and offense, right? Like it would be nice to have your top tier talent on the opposite side of the ball to put you in a position where you are getting good field position and you are taking advantage opportunities. This team fully loaded becomes very scary with Justin Herbert now because of what he can do with the ball and how, how he's, making progress and, and seeing things on the field and making his progressions and just looking at him, his physical, the athletic, like he's a monster, dude. He's huge. He's so big out there. He stood next to Drew Brees. Drew Brees, like is alive. Drew Brees looked like his freaking son at the yeah. end of the game. They're standing next to each other. And I go, good Lord. Look at the difference between those two guys. And I know how, like, I'm not just Drew Brees is a hall of famer but just physically you're looking at the two of them and you go just different categories of human beings. And, and that, and oh, yeah. that arm looks phenomenal and that's without everybody healthy. So I'm excited, like you said, to see Keenan Allen, fully healthy, Hunter Henry, fully healthy, Mike Williams, fully healthy, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, hopefully this offensive line, most importantly, I'm going to throw in
0: Trey Turner our, and Brian Belaga at the same time. Yes.
1: Yes, one hundred. Yeah.
0: Need, need
2: I mean. We talked a lot about last night about the Seahawks always seem to play the same game in primetime. The Chargers have been playing the same game for three years now. I, I, I don't know how they do it with all different talent. They find different ways to get there, but the Chargers play the exact same game every time we see them. Uh, I will reiterate the Herbert point was phenomenal tonight. Uh, it's unfortunate the two Two back-to-back under or poor throws to end the game. There, he throws it behind KJ Hill, and then throws. If he leads Mike Williams there, he gets the first down. Phenomenal tackle by Marshawn Latimer, especially with Demario Davis pushing him toward the first down by accident. He's coming in mm-hmm. and cracking Williams the wrong way. Uh, so phenomenal effort there. Uh, but to me, the interesting takeaway too from a fantasy perspective is, and this comes back to my love of obscure random players was paid off here for me in our league. Uh, Justin Jackson's a player. Like he's not a star. He's not a starting running back in, in a traditional sense. But when they ask him to come in and play a complimentary role, play a 50-50 role, whether it was Austin Eckler in years past with Melvin Gordon out, or in this case with Josh Kelly, with Austin Eckler out, he is explosive and he is successful. And he saw him, they saw them really lean toward him in the late in that game in the fourth quarter where they were just keeping him in. They were dumping the ball down to him. He's an interesting kind of guy to watch going forward as a – potential. now, they're on by next week, uh, but uh, he's an interesting guy to look at at going forward uh, as a potential flex play right now given the running back situation for however long Austin Eckler is out. Kelly's going to get some work, but Jackson has looked good when he's been given the opportunities, and he was just hurt coming into the year. He was never healthy at any point, which is why Josh Kelly was able to get all those touches early. It's going to be a true timeshare here. And Jackson has been successful beyond just this game when he's got these opportunities. So he's a really interesting option. I think for fantasy going forward, if you're really in a pinch at the running back spot.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think we, we, we keep talking about you, like the record, your record is your record and you are who you are. The saints though. It's like the, like, it's the one team I want to put a qualifier on, right? Like it's like, Man this is this is some this is some dumb luck in this in this game as they as they get this victory but they get it done uh they move along and whatever is going on there with the Michael Thomas situation we got tons of feedback on that. I don't know if how much you guys got but I got tons of feedback on that on social media today, which was awesome because I think the question was not being asked and it wasn't tinfoil hat guys. We were just being logical. We were just looking at the situation and going, the timing doesn't add up. Right. And that, that's all you're just asking a question. You're going, okay, logically, why do you do things? And logically didn't make a whole lot of sense. So we'll see. They're obviously on a buy. And if anything else comes out, um, but there were moments back and forth with watching Drew Brees and Taysom Hill. And there's this, everything that's going on with Michael Todd. I don't know. This team's giving me weird vibes. So this isn't the, the team, the saints of old, where I'm going, there's clicking on all cylinders. They're scary. They're offensive prowess and, and everybody's happy over there in new Orleans. Just doesn't feel, just doesn't feel the same. Uh, but two pieces of injury news that we want to get into here before we get into risers and fallers for week six is update from Coach Zimmer today. Watched the press conference. Dalvin Cook's MRI went well. Uh, how much stock do you put into this, Jamie, as you're doing your rankings? Because I think you you got to know that, one, uh, Zim doesn't tell the truth. Uh, he's got a past of doing that uh, with, his, with his injuries, and you can't fault him for doing that. Um, but you're hopeful that, obviously, it's not something significant because that would more than likely come out in the press conference.
2: Yeah, my initial thought is that this probably means it's not a several-week injury. We're not looking at a three, four, five-week injury because that would be, that'd be some real intellectual dishonesty at that point, which I think would be really interesting. Um, I know it can happen, but I don't, I don't think it's to that extent. I, do I know if he's going to play this week or not? Absolutely not. And my rankings are going to be very fluid throughout the week. I ranked him as if he's going to play and get the majority of the work right now. The rankings are already up on the DraftNetwork.com as you are listening to this. That will change. Uh, so it, th- those rankings every week, if you have not been paying attention, are living and breathing. They will, they will be adjusted throughout the week with injury reports, other news, guys that are active that you don't think are. Uh, that is going to be heavy movement because it is a phenomenal matchup they have on tap with the Atlanta Falcons. Just, it, it is one you, it's a juicy one that you want to take advantage of. Uh, if you have both backs, I don't know if you kind of just think you might want Cook just to get ruled out for this game. Uh, as weird as that sounds, if you have both of them on your roster, you just want Madison to be the guy and get 20 plus touches in this game and just eat against this just horrendous Falcons team. If you have one or the other, uh, I, honestly, I think Madison's a play this week regardless. Uh, I think I the difference is whether or not he's an RB one, if cook is ruled out or a high end flex play, low end RB two, if cook is in, I, I think you are playing Madison in this matchup regardless, but if you just have cook and nobody else, Kind of wait and see if he's active and out there. Given the running back situation, given four teams on by, I don't know how you sit him. I don't know how, I don't know if you have two better options to play over him, but just keep an eye out throughout the week at the draft network.com because those rankings with those two backs in particular are going to be all over the place.
1: Yeah, I think you I left you him. Kind of, uh,
0: go ahead, yeah, base.
1: go ahead,
0: Jake. Sorry. No, go ahead. So I, I left him off my rankings. He's not going to play. Um, watching him in the second half. I thought when he came out and his right arm was bandaged up, he got an IV that it was a cramp. And every now and again, that cramp will feel like a tweak and you're okay. And the way that he moved coming out of the locker room, but then he didn't play. He played one play and it was gimpy again. I don't think there's any way he plays this week. I don't think they risk it. I think they like Madison. They like Boone. Uh, I've got Madison as an RB one. I think he's in my top 12 and I got left cook off that he's not going to play. I'm, I'm assuming he's not, I'm not reading and it, it has nothing to do with, with Zim's press conference. It's just, just a feeling that I have of just watching him. I don't, I don't think I don't think they risk it. And I, I, they love the matchup, but I think they like their other guys. They can take advantage of regardless if he plays or not.
1: Yeah, you should like the matchup no matter who you have, right? You like Madison in this matchup or or Dalvin Cook in this matchup. Um, Madison has proven this isn't just a, a small sample size. We've seen Madison come in many times. Um, I can recall having Dalvin Cook and going, "Is that Dalvin Cook out there?" Because he, he, all of a sudden you're watching them run. They run very similarly. They look very similar. You're going, "Okay, all right, this is this is really good. This is really good." So if you're if you're the Vikings, I think you got to be cautious here. Uh, with Dalvin Cook, with his injury history, knowing that um, you obviously want him to be healthy long-term. So we'll definitely monitor that. And as Jamie said, the rankings will be reflected of that um, as we as we go on throughout the week. Second piece of injury news, especially with the running back position here, is this one especially hits for me because I am rostering Christian McCaffrey in two of my three leagues. Uh, long shot for week six. They play the Bears. Uh, Mike Davis has been great. I don't know why you play Christian McCaffrey as much as you have invested in this guy financially, right? i you just, it's an investment in a player long-term he's your faith. He's the guy you gotta be 100% certain before you put him out there. And as bad as many defenses in the NFL are, the bears are not one of those defenses. So is this isn't a good matchup. It's not a good opportunity to bring your superstar back and, and put him into the fire. And most importantly, Mike Davis has done an exceptional job with Christian McCaffrey out. So, guys, I assume that that they're going to let him sit this week. I don't think I'm getting Christian McCaffrey back this week. Jamie, you agree?
2: I do. Uh, I, I don't think there's any need to rush it. There's really – Mike Davis has been perfectly fine for you so far. He's been really good for fantasy owners. I, I – I don't see any reason why to push it. I know you're three and two right now. I know there's some, it's a winnable game against a a Bears team. It's not like you're going in there and you think you're going to get your doors blown off. It's at home. I get why you're like, okay, we need to be full go. But the long-term vision here still is the same. And the long-term goal for this team is still run this offense with Christian McCaffrey being a big part of it. There's no need to rush him right now. There's absolutely not. For the basically the way Mike Davis is playing for the 15% upgrade that you're going to get, it's not worth risking Christian McCaffrey's long-term health. I don't think he plays this week. Mike Davis continues to be a must start. And that's, I don't really think we're going to be worrying about this too much. I don't think you're going to have a lot of hand wringing. If you have both, you're in great shape like usual. If not, you've already had post Christian McCaffrey plans. You're going to need to continue to make them for at least one more week.
0: If you have both, I think you play both. I don't think there's any way they play them. Guys, they've won a couple games with Teddy Bridgewater being the guy. Robbie Anderson going off, D.J. Moore going off, Mike Davis is the complimentary piece to that. Instead of everything going through Christian McCaffrey, I don't know that they want to change the way that they're playing. As Jamie said, this is a winnable game. Uh, They're playing good. I think Chicago's more talented, but I don't know that Chicago's playing better right now. They're still trying to find their identity on that offense. I don't know that they want to mess up the apple cart here and try to figure this out. Cause I said, if Christian McCaffrey comes back, Mike Davis is part of this team. And if he can't really practice, unless you're going to put him out there and he can take the load, which I don't think there's any way that's the case until they can practice together and you can figure out how you want to use them both. I don't think you risk it. I, they're playing good. And I, I think you definitely keep them out another week. I would be shocked if he plays.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine they're going to do that. Um, just, just, I think, knowing- I, think
0: the, I think the kid, sorry. I think he, he's going to push his ass off the play he sees the guy in front of him having success. Of course. They're going to they're going to have to say no, we're sitting you down for another week and it is what it is.
1: Yeah, and and Christian's a tough a tough kid and he's said very adamantly while he's been out like very focused, very much going to get back in there but the end of the day, he's already been locked up long-term. He's not out there trying to prove a point to anybody. Everybody knows who he is. He's been given his money and his contract. He's going to be in Carolina. He's locked up. Like They need to make a smart decision for this organization for the long-term future of Christian McCaffrey and the Carolina Panthers. And the smart decision for them is to make absolutely certain that, that he is okay. And I think you, you gotta be, uh, especially with this position, man, like (laughs) most people are looking at you as good as Christian McCaffrey was. They're going, it's a whole lot of money for a running back. I mean, it's just how it is. That's how this position is. And so you have to be extra careful as you, as you move forward. All right. risers and fallers. As we head into week six, it's not technically week six yet. We will preview the Tuesday night football game that we are going to get this week. Uh, Buffalo bills and Tennessee Titans Listen, I'll take football any day that ends in Y, so feel free to play any night. I'm open and available to watch all of it. So I will not get any complaining from me, especially since I think it's going to be a good matchup. But as it is for week six, risers and fallers, both of the guys picked one riser, one faller. We'll start on a low point. We'll end on a high point. Let's start with the fallers. Jake, give me your faller first.
0: Mark Ingram. I don't know what I'm getting. I don't know what's going on this backfield 11 carries with a season high this week hasn't done much with it Uh, I don't really like the matchup this week I think they're gonna they're gonna have more success throwing it Um, you know Philly's defense can stop the run Uh, Connor had a decent day but it wasn't great Uh, I while he hasn't shown me a whole lot they've shown me a whole lot of like playing playing cups with the freaking ball under it like take a running back out and stick one in. And I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know. I have no idea where the ball is or where the ball is going. Uh, so he's a follower this week. I don't, I don't know what I'm getting from this backfield. I think Philly stops the run pretty well.
1: Yeah, he's, he's a faller this week, and he might end up being a guy that falls uh, permanently for for you, depending on how things shake out, which is the big – which, uh, honestly, big disappointment um, going into this season, not how I saw things going. I don't think that's how any of us saw it going, but it's how it sits as of right now. Jamie, uh, same matchup. Who do you have falling this week?
2: Zach Ertz. Uh, I want to read you a fun stat that was circulating today that uh, is just – a microcosm of the season that Ertz has had 10 players in the NFL have more receiving yards in a single game this year than Ertz has in his five games combined this season. He is getting bullied physically uh, in a way. I have not seen him bullied before. I mean, the defenders are getting physical with him and there is no response. Uh, And that on top of the fact that Seagulls offense has been in disarray for the most part uh, outside of that stretch against Pittsburgh last week. This has been, uh, I don't know what we do here. Uh, I don't know if Ertz is going to be resigned. I think watching the Ertz free agent frenzy next in the offseason is going to be interesting to see, does he have something left in a better offense? But right now, I mean, I ended up ranking him this week at the very bottom of my top 12. And I believe that's kind of where Jake had him as well, right around that 10 to 12 range. I, I mean, I... It's getting tough. I, I drafted him in our league. It's getting tough to play him on a weekly basis. It's tough to not look at the waiver wire and go, is there really a better chance that Zach Ertz gets me 10 points than the top waiver wire options right now in a lot of leagues? It doesn't really feel that way.
1: Yeah, and it's not where you drafted him, right? That's you drafted him to be a completely different player. Um, you drafted him to be a top three guy at the position, at least top five. And, and that's not where he's been thus far. That's a crazy stat, Jamie. Uh, not good. Uh, but let's, let's move on to the positives. We got two guys rising, Jamie, I'll let you take your riser for first, uh, saw this name and went, yep. I, I had a feeling one of the two of you would put this name on the list. So, uh, excited to see him here.
2: We talked about in the last show, we need the fantasy community needs some healthy running backs. And we finally yes, we got do. one back And Raheem Mostert looked really good in his first game back. He's averaging 19.6 fantasy points per game this season when he's been on the field, the offense is going to need to run through him right now with Jimmy Garoppolo being hurt, although they're optimistic he's going to play this week. But that with the other injuries they're dealing with, that talking about the, the Eagles' offense being in disarray, the 49ers as a team are in complete disarray right now. But Mostert has been really good. I like that he came back and looked healthy and looked explosive right away. The fact they basically said, okay, we're not giving the ball to Jeff Wilson and Jarek McKinnon. No, it's Mostert's ball again. I'm really encouraged by that. And it is good to see a... RB two come back and be healthy after we seems like every single week we're losing one or two or three top must start running backs.
1: Yeah, it's uh, as you said, the fantasy community. We need some healthy running backs, and I think the the fantasy community and everybody playing took a collective ooh when you saw him come back and play and and be part of this offense. Uh, excited. And I know TDN premium members are going to be excited about Jake's uh, guy on his list. Cause man, oh man, they're asking about this dude all the time. So Jake, uh, go ahead. Give, give Darius Slayton all the love.
0: You know, it's, it's more than he had a really good game against Dallas and Jamie and I both said that he could be a good play last week. I love the matchup against Washington. They've got nothing but I really love what this kid has done to become a well-rounded receiver. Last year it was rookie. I'm going to go down the field. I'm going to take some shots. I'm going to make some big plays. He's worked his ass off. And you've heard some of the broadcasts about how much tape he's doing or watching uh, becoming a well-rounded receiver, running all the routes in the route tree. And it shows up. The comebacks, the feet are getting down, a little toe drag swag. I mean, he looks like a well-rounded receiver, and he, by the way, he is by far the most reliable guy on this offense. So I loved the matchup last week. I love it again this week. And I think if Daniel Jones is running for his life, which he should be, he rolls out and throws it really well on the run. And Darius Slayton becoming a well-rounded receiver, I think pays dividends for him this week.
1: Trust me. Uh, as somebody who has rostered Evan Ingram, uh, and I have Golden Tate in another league, it's frustrating to watch this because Danny Dimes has a chemistry and looks for Slayton a lot. He did a lot in that game against the Cowboys, and it's not just this week. Um, really been going to him a lot. So I know, I know the TDN premium members are going to be happy to hear that because, man, oh, man, they've been waiting for the Darius Slayton love. And here it is. It's officially arrived. We're on the train. He is officially rising, heading into week six for Jake. All right, stud and dud performance of week five. We're going to give you one great performance, one not-so-great performance. Uh, for each one of us, I will kick things off. I will start with my dud. Pains me. Uh, Illinois native Barrington Bronco, as our as our intern behind the scenes would say, a big old fat goose egg for Scotty Miller on Thursday night football was a huge disappointment this last week. He had a almost a twenty point performance the week prior. You've got a banged up Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin, all the injuries sustained in that offense. I looked at this and I went. Yeah, I know he's injured, but he's healthier than the other injured guys. So I thought we were going to see him more involved and you got nothing. Tom Brady didn't even look his way. I mean, it was, it was bad. It was a a big old fat goose egg, very disappointed in that. And I will say, I got a couple of questions about it. I'm, I'm still going to play Scotty Miller, depending on the matchups. Like this is not, this is not something I'm looking at and going, he is not going to be useful moving forward. And go ahead, I Jake. I don't ever
0: do. I don't ever. I don't ever do this. But I'm gonna give everybody a little tidbit. The coaches weren't real happy. He didn't get looked at either because he was wide open for a couple deep shots. He was healthy enough for that. He didn't play a ton of plays, but he had a couple of out and ups where it was. It was there, and he didn't get looked at. I, I wouldn't hesitate in playing him in this offense. Matchup wise, this one's a pretty good one this week against Packers defense
1: okay. listen he's had three of the four games he's played in he's had 10 or more points like he's been good he's been a, a very much a flex worthy start so this was kind of the outlier performance where you're looking and you're going uh, oh, this is bad right like it, it was a frustrating coming off a really good really good
0: really good defense but he yes. had him
1: he had him for those two or
0: three shots that if he hits one you have a didn't look at all, him
1: huh? nope didn't look no. to him so that, that was the, that was definitely the frustrating part. All right, Jake, you're, you're dud of the week. Who, who showed up on your list?
0: Hayden Hurst. And this is becoming a thing. I thought with Julio Jones, out, I didn't really like the matchup with Julio Jones out. Lack of weapons. Jamie talked about the other night, Russell Gage hasn't been a thing in a couple weeks. Hayden Hurst gets three targets, two for eight yards, two catches for eight yards. This is another guy that like in this offense should be explosive that, that Austin Hooper role looked okay early. Had a really good week two, I think it was, against Dallas, and then he's done nothing the last couple weeks. This was an awful performance, and I think this trend might continue. I, I don't know why, but it's just, it's just not there.
1: No, and Atlanta's not as trustworthy as we thought they were would be going into the season, obviously. All right, Jamie, you're dud of the week, uh, week five.
2: Let's talk about another tight end, and let's talk about the lack of depth that we thought we were going to see. This is supposed to be the deepest we've ever seen the position before, uh, and it's not, and that's Tyler Higbee. Uh, he really, really struggled again here, got outpointed by G.L. Everett. If you start to take a look back this season, aside from he had a big week two game, in every other game this year, combined 5.8 fantasy points per game. It's not been great. And now you let, let's take a, like, a step back and take a bigger picture. Aside from that really strong four-game stretch to end of the year, we have nothing else. So at this point, I have to look back and I go, over the last year and almost half, we've got five really big games and a whole lot of nothing in between. So to me, Higby now has to fall into the untrustworthy category. He's going to fall in that spot. I think I even have him behind Ertz this week. He's in that one of – he's a matchup play. I like him in certain situations, but he is no longer a no-doubt, must-start, don't-consider-any-other-options, plug, draft-plug-and-play-go guy that you thought you were taking when he was going off the board, typically as a six-tight end in fantasy drafts. So behind you know the top five that everybody knew about with Kelsey Kittle, Ertz, Waller, uh, and some of those other guys. So he was that option. And at this point, I, if, if you dropped him for somebody else to play this week, I don't think I would bat an eye. That's, that's how bad it's gotten at this point. And I don't know if it's going to change. I, I just start to – I look at him, and I, this was what I was worried about. I ranked him highly, but my concern was that we might have been overreacting to one month of play at the end of the season, and we weren't going to be sure. And so far, we only have one game out of five that matches what we saw in the last month of the season.
1: Yeah, trust trust the longevity, and we haven't seen that, right? So I think as especially as we challenged Sean McVay to make some moves, uh, he he made moves and spreading it around in this offense, and there's a lot of mouths to feed there. And unfortunately, uh, Tyler Higby is not one of them, at least as of right now. All right, stud. Nobody will be surprised to hear me say this name. I've been touting him for a while now, but he deserves a lot of love. Uh, And that is Mike Davis, another phenomenal performance, almost 30 points, 29.30 points this week. Uh, He has done it week in and week out since Christian McCaffrey left. Uh, We questioned it a lot. What's going to happen? How much of of Christian McCaffrey is is he going to be? Jamie said it earlier, it's not a big drop-off. What, 15 20%? I mean, I know McCaffrey had games where he put up 50 points. I knew I wasn't getting that. But especially right now, in fantasy for a running back, to count on a 20-plus performance week in and week out for your running back who came in to replace the number one overall pick coming into this fantasy season, uh, did not think that that was going to happen. So definitely Mike Davis, stud. He's been a stud for – ever since he walked in to a very, very much irreplaceable role. So uh, very happy with, with what I've seen thus far. And I know everybody that has him or picked him up uh, when I did is, is happy as well. Jake, I like, I know where you're headed here. I got the list. I saw it beforehand. And this one makes me smile, man, because this dude, he deserves all the credit in the world because he is quarterback proof and he continues to prove that um, as we continue on with, Your stud of the week. Go ahead, Jake.
0: Allen Robinson. Look, the guy is a freaking superstar. Absolute superstar, but 16 targets, 10 catches for 90 yards. So it wasn't necessarily the fantasy breakout monster without getting an end zone. But you're talking about going against a top 10 corner, play in, play out. They went back to him. Carlton Davis got him a few times, but 10 catches for 90 yards against that defense. Prime time your first game or second game when Nick Foles is your starter, but you had to break out, it doesn't matter. He is a damn star, and it doesn't matter what's happened in the past, who the quarterback is. This is going to continue. He's by far the best player on this offense. And I I just – I've always been a fan of him. But to me, getting 19 points in that matchup was a hell of a damn night. And I was really impressed, really impressed fantasy-wise, but more what he did football-wise against that matchup.
1: Listen, Blake Bortles – Chase Daniel, Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, don't matter. A-Rob's putting up points. Doesn't matter. He's literally quarterback proof. That's, those are the the, the th- three Bears quarterbacks and the two Jacksonville Jaguars quarterbacks. Like, it, it didn't matter. He's, he's out there. He's putting up points. So congrats, A-Rob. You deserve to be the stud and, and hopefully uh, deserve to get, to get paid here pretty soon. Jamie, who's your stud this week?
2: Well, let's have a little game here. All right, I'm going to give you, I'm going to throw out two wide receiver names Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Pretty good players, right? Very good. They're the only two fantasy wide receivers averaging more points per game this year than Jamison Crowder, coming off another 25.6 point game this week with Joe Freaking Flacco as his quarterback in the year 2020. Uh, Jamison Crowder, and I I talked about him all offseason. There is nothing sexy about this game other than the fact that he is reliable and productive. And that's all that matters. Style points don't matter. Nothing matters. But getting fantasy points at the end of the day, Darnold loves him. He now shows he has a rapport with Joe Flacco. And again, I will remind you, the only receivers that have outscored him on a per-game basis this year are Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. I don't want to. Jamison Crowder needs to be an every single week starter in PPR leagues. And and I just, I don't know how long it's going to take to adjust. I don't think it will. I think I'm going to still be beating this drum in week 15, where people are going to go, ah, it's Jamison Crowder. Or, ooh, this shiny guy who had a good game three weeks. No, Jamison Crowder needs to be in your lineup every single week in PPR formats. He is the quintessential PPR wide receiver.
1: Jamie, you said in there, it's not sexy, right? You know what's sexy? Winning. You yep. know what's sexy? Putting up points all the time. That's what Jameson Crowder does. He's been doing it for a long time. I don't understand why this always happens. This isn't the first year that his name comes up or whatever. We're kind of looking around going, why? Why are we still not doing this? And I get it. It's the Jets. I understand. Joe Flacco. Okay. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Literally, he did it last year with Sam Darnold's album, mono. he's done it this year. He continues to do it. It, it the guy is as we talked about with Allen Robinson, with in the way that we had adjusted it with Jake, where you're quarterback proof, Jameson is too. He is, he's going to put up he's points. One,
0: one of the guys we talked about, and why I said go running back, running back, running back early. Because when you get past the T.Y.'s and the Allens and the Devontae Parkers and those guys in those middle rounds, you still get Jamison Crowder and like the 9th, 10th, 11th people weren't going. Yeah. It was kind of like Golden Tate, but he's so much better and he's been so much more productive the last few years. You're exactly right. Stud play. By the way, I'll tell you what else is sexy. He's had some big-time plays the last couple of weeks. It's not Hell just yeah, the has. 15 targets. I mean, he took that one little seven-yard hitch to the house last week. Uh, he's a freaking stud, and he is by far one of the most overlooked players in the league.
1: Yeah, uh, overlooked, underrated, underappreciated—all of the things uh, for for Jamison Crowder. Uh, okay, last but definitely not least, Tuesday night football preview, guys. This is very exciting. Tuesday night football, can't wait for it. I'm like, I'm like, okay, and it's not a crap matchup. It's Buffalo and Tennessee. These are two good football teams. It's one really good football team. Tennessee's kind of like still trying to figure out what the hell you are, but you're you're still good enough that this matchup is is really good. I'm very excited to watch this one. I'm Very excited to see what Josh Allen has to, has to, uh, he's, he's in this MVP conversation and he sat out a week. So kind of like as the recency bias goes, you don't get talked about when you're not playing football. So it'd be good to see what we get from him this week. Um, as he plays Tennessee. So Buffalo bills going on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. It is a three and a half point spread in Buffalo's favor. They are three and a half point favorites. Let's talk about this guys. That's, you can get that. Uh, It's on bet online right now, three and a half. I saw this and I went, yeah, I like this a lot. I wonder what the boys are going to say. So Jake, what do you, do you like three and a half for Buffalo? Did you have them covering this one?
0: I love three and a half. And if I knew they were going to play this game earlier in the week, I just said it was going to be one of my locks of the week. Buffalo is significantly better than Tennessee. Tennessee is, their defense is not that good. It's not a good matchup when you want to run it as much as they do against this Bills team. Trey White, if A.J. Brown comes back, I don't think he has a very big week. They're going to have to find somebody else for Tannehill to go with the ball. And I think eventually it becomes the Josh Allen show where they just pull away and Tennessee can't hang in there long enough. And it's national TV, and a lot of people are going to get to see how good this this Bills team is. I got them winning big. I got them 31-20. If I knew they were going to play, it would have been a lock of the week. I, I love this matchup for them. I think Tennessee's frauds.
1: Yeah, lock it in. I like it. Jamie, what say you?
2: I agree. I like the Bills a lot in this game. They have a different dimension that the Titans don't have right now. And I still need to see the Bills' defense play up to their talent level because they have lapsed at times this year. But apparently so is everybody else. So I don't know how much to even read into that versus – I mean, we're seeing great defenses every single week let up 30 points like like we haven't seen before. But the Titans legitimately have a below-average defense. Uh, And and I think that part hasn't been fully exposed yet because they haven't played in a minute. It feels like forever since we last seen the Titans on the field, which I'm sure if you're you're a Derek Henry or a Ryan Tannehill or an A.J. Brown owner, you're very well aware of how long it's been since you've seen those guys on the field. But to me, I just still think I will take Buffalo's defense, even with their struggles this year, uh, even with their issues at cornerback two, over what the Titans defense is right now. And I don't think there is a player playing at a higher level right now, aside from maybe Russell Wilson, maybe, than Josh Allen. Uh, He is playing at a phenomenal level. The win over Las Vegas last week, which somehow, believe it or not, was last week, that feels like ages ago, looks even better now that we've seen what the Raiders were able to do this week in Kansas City. Uh, I don't think that they're slowing down at all. They're in a real tough spot next week, and we'll talk about that when we get into next week's show. They're in a really bad spot with what the scheduling has done to them, to no fault of their own. But for this week, I think they're focused, they're motivated, they're healthy. And I think you're going to get big days from Allen, a uh, big day from Devin Singletary. Moss might be back for this game. Uh, I just, I don't think the Titans can keep up in this game. They'll get some points. There'll be some value. But we haven't seen the Titans click on all cylinders yet in the running game. And that defense has some concerns for me. Buffalo is one of the best teams in the AFC. This is just a mismatch.
1: Yeah.
0: I love the extra couple of days they got for John Brown and Beasley too, Jamie. Yeah. Like they were both banged up. They were probably going to play, but you give them a couple extra days to heal up here, moving this thing to Tuesday. I think you're going to see this offense click on all cylinders.
1: Um, I'm excited for uh, Josh Allen to put his MVP tape on national TV. Uh, this is a, this is an opportunity for him to showcase what those of us who entertain and have red zone get to see each and every week, watching him play football. Um, but this is, this is, I think a very, very good opportunity for him to showcase that because it it seems like, it doesn't seem like it is like the draft community is still trying to discredit everything that he does. And I am very much looking forward to people being able to just see it and enjoy it and, and just embrace it.
2: And that's why I'm, I'm hoping as our intern dunks in his dorm room behind us, um, that's why I'm hoping this isn't like a rare off night,
1: just because yeah. look,
2: everything Josh Allen's doing right now is for real. I don't have any like look. Is he gonna keep this pace all season? No, it's not not likely. But is is he gonna keep this progression? I think so. I hope it's not a rare off night, just because I think the second he could have ten good games in a row, and the second he has a bad one, people are gonna lose their minds. He's he's already he's been that type of player in he's that type of player in the pre-draft process, and he's that type of player now. So I hope he had i hope he could silence some of those critics with another with a fifth straight really strong performance because i just i don't want to deal with the bs i really don't want to deal with the I bs agree. he has a bad half and like watching twitter just lose their minds i just i yep. don't i don't want to do it if the only time you've
0: watched him play was last thanksgiving in dallas when he was running through the defense sit back and enjoy this arm because him and patrick mahomes and I'm not giving it to Patrick Mahomes. I'm not giving it to either. I think if they actually had a throwing contest of velocity and how far it goes, it's a hell of a lot closer than people think. This dude's got an absolute yeah. rocket. But enjoy this performance of another guy that throws it from multiple angles on the run. It's not just what you saw last Thanksgiving. Watch what he's been doing this year with these weapons. Stephon Diggs, another guy I think has a big night. Uh, this enjoy this. This kid is the real deal.
1: Yeah, as we said, enjoy it. You get Tuesday night football. Lock it in. The boys both like three and a half for the old Buffalo Bills, um, and I think it's it's going to be an enjoyable matchup uh, with some fantasy implications. I got one coming down to the wire with Josh Allen playing. Um and I'm feeling pretty confident about my boy Josh Allen. And I also got another one coming down Same. to the wire here with Jake with uh with Buffalo the old defense. Buffalo Bills defense, which I feel pretty good Five about. Five and as a well. half point
0: lead. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel I don't feel I don't feel great either. I'm gonna lose by like three points.
1: Yeah, uh, if Scotty Miller didn't give me a goose egg, it would have been a, a much easier matchup uh, for me. But uh, Scotty Miller decided to be a no-show on Thursday Night Football. Well, my fantasy team why. looks
0: a lot like the Chargers.
1: Yeah, that that too. Uh, it's, it's, it's slim Pickens, as we've said, uh, for everybody out there. All right, guys, final thoughts, end of the pod. Jake, I'll let you go first.
0: Tuesday Night Football.
1: Hell yeah. Like, how, could it,
0: how could it be anything else, man? This is a first. I've been doing this a long time. I have 42 mm-hmm. years old. I remember watching Dan Marino as a kid on Monday night football. My dad let me stay up for the first half. I've never seen Tuesday night football. This is freaking awesome. We get an extra bonus game this week. I hope it's the last one of the year.
1: Yeah, I agree. Jamie?
2: My final thought is is football all week. So we just had football su- Saturday. We had football Sunday. Football tonight. Football Tuesday. Then we have college games on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday next week. Oh, go there's home, just a baby. wall-to-wall. There's going to be like almost a two-full-week window here where there's like football on every single night, which, again, let's flash back to three months ago.
1: No, I'm kidding.
2: And let's think about what, what the mentality was at that point for any of this. And let's be thankful. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to a week filled with football. I'm looking forward to a really. This is a really big football game between the Bills and the Titans too. There's there's playoff implications. They're they're undefeated teams. Buffalo, we're gonna get to see. Okay, if you're a Super Bowl contender, show us. Let's see it. Let's see it in prime time against a good but not great team, but a good team in prime time. If you're the Titans, that division's right for the picking. Can you can you upset a team at home? With all of the – now, a lot of it self-created. Some of it not their fault, but some of it was. But self-created adversity that the Titans have put on themselves for this entire situation. There's just – this is a really exciting game. They didn't move something you know, two 0-4 teams. you are like, all right, let's just get this over with. This is going to be a really interesting matchup, and I'm really excited to see this. And just thankful football all week long, every night.
1: There's nothing that brings me more joy than knowing that every single night on my television – there's football and Tuesday is a super relevant game. Very excited for this Tuesday night football game. Uh, My final thoughts are I wish desperately that everybody in the draft community would just come together and just enjoy Both Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. Because, man, you guys are doing a whole lot of gymnastics on Twitter trying to talk yourselves out of every single thing that you are seeing. It is okay to be wrong. NFL GMs and head coaches are wrong all the time. And there's only 32 of those guys, okay? It happens. It's okay to be wrong. It happens to every single person. But being so much Being so incredibly arrogant that you cannot possibly enjoy exceptional football puts you in such a category of asshole, I cannot possibly tell you how stupid you look. Like, I literally, I have no other word to describe you other than you cannot possibly love football that much if you are that intent on being right that you cannot even enjoy what you are seeing on television. It's so dumb.
2: It's a life lesson, too. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. If you you put the work and you have your logic out there and you miss, you miss. I'm the freaking moron that told you don't draft DK Metcalf at his ADP, and now my ass is ranking him top 10 every week. Like, it happens. (laughs) Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's okay. And, by the way, people will respect your opinions a hell of a lot more if they know they can trust that you will turn around and say, yep, my bad, I was wrong. Like that, oh, Jamie,
0: don't feel bad, brother. I was in the back of that canoe with a paddle with you, I,
2: but it happens. But you know what? I had a logical logic. It was written out. It did an in, in article form in a video form and audio form didn't pan out that way, but you know what? I'm not going to sit here and pretend not enjoy what DK Metcalf is doing on a weekly basis, not enjoy the catch that basically saved the game and the win for Seattle there on Sunday night football. Like it's okay to say, Hey, you know what? I got this one wrong. And the reality is, is anybody who's been doing anything in life, any decision makers, anybody that's ever had an idea has had bad ideas, has had wrong ideas, has had bad evaluations. It it happens. And it's just like it feels like it's taking away. And, and I know that everybody doesn't live on Twitter. And because of work and our jobs, I've been conditioned to live on that social media platform more than any other. But it feels like there's this, like, I, I, I watch people on Twitter. Like, do you even like football or do you just yes, want to be thank right?
1: You. Yes. Do you thank care you. if
2: anything is good as happening? Do you, do you enjoy watching these players succeed or do you only enjoy watching players succeed if it makes you look good? Like it, it's a, it's a weird, and by the way, it's not just the draft. The community there's, there's those in the fantasy community. There's yep. those in, in others as well. It, it, it's just, I don't get it. Like enjoy watching players flourish. Enjoy. Like I understand maybe saying, "Oh man, I, I wish my team would have drafted this guy." Sure, I can understand that. But don't root for guys to fail or not enjoy. Like how do you not enjoy what we've seen from Justin Herbert so far? How, I don't how know. do you let that because I, you, I
1: do you, not know. I don't get it. Cuz you're I an asshole, Jamie. Enjoy literally, the game. that's the only way to say it. You are literally an asshole if you cannot enjoy watching Justin Herbert throw the football. Like I'm, I'm, I have absolutely no, nothing. I gain nothing from Justin Herbert and the Chargers. It's not a team I grew up liking. I don't have any affiliation there, but you know what I love? I love watching a quarterback sling the damn ball and he's got a beautiful, he throws the ball so beautifully. And it is, if you love football, you love watching that. And I don't understand how you, as a, as somebody who works in sports, if you watch that, how you are so intent on being right that you can't enjoy that. I truly do not understand that. And I listen, nobody is ever right all the time. It is impossible. We're human beings. We get things wrong all the time. And it is okay to say, you know what? I was wrong. And he looks amazing. And he looks amazing. And he looked amazing against Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Andrew Brees, who of those games on the road? Oh, by the way, Without his top two offensive linemen, without a full slate of weapons, without his full slate of defensive players. Like, just enjoy it, man. And Josh Allen, tomorrow night, I know I'm going to see the same thing. Like, I'm already already agonizing over the stupidity that if he makes a mistake, what it's going to say. So that's why I end this final thoughts rant with, I hope Josh Allen goes off. I hope he goes off, and I hope we all get to see it and enjoy it so I can watch the 17 guys on Twitter that hate him try and do their stupid gymnastics to make up excuses for why he looks amazing, okay? So the lesson for everybody else is be thankful for football and just enjoy watching spectacular players, man. It's fun to watch good, play- good players. It's not fun to watch bad players. I don't understand why you would ever root for people to be shitty. It's not fun. So I, I don't – literally, I don't get it. It's like the dumbest thing that I watched, and I watched it all all tonight, On and I'm sure I'm going to see it tomorrow with Josh Allen as well. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media?
0: Arians NFL on the gram, and Jake B. Arian's
2: on Twitter.
1: Jamie?
2: Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter.
1: And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Feel free to tag me in all videos that showcase Justin Herbert's uh, amazing arm strength because I'm here for all of it. And I would like to propose a a throwing contest between Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert. Because I would be here to watch all of it. And I don't care. It could be any day of the week at any time in any country. I'd watch it. On any television network, I'd find a way to watch that. So that's because guess what? I like watching football and I like watching talented people. And that's coming from a bears fan. Who's literally never had a good quarterback. Like of all the people that should be salty, it should be me. I should be the most salty towards everybody. Go look at the quarterbacks I've had for my entirety. That's right. Hank, we'll put Jay Cutler's ass out there retired and all and watch his, watch his ass throw the ball around just, just for entertainment purposes. Maybe he'll do the moderating with a, with a cigarette in his hand. That would be entertaining for everybody. Uh, okay. Make sure you subscribe, rate the podcast at TDN fantasy. Enjoy Tuesday night football and this entire week of football
2: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running. Everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done at Granger. We're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies.